0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. For my last message of 2018, I felt like there was some things that we need to set straight this morning. And so the title of my message, um, right off the bat, if you're taking notes, is please allow me to apologize. Please allow me to apologize. Have you ever gotten a fake apology? Like someone who said, Brett, I'm... I'm sorry, okay, but, you ever got one of those, and you're like, okay, I believed you until the butt, okay, and so it, there's a fake apologies like that, or, or may, nowadays people like to say sorry, not sorry, because you're not sorry, don't even say sorry, I'm sorry that I'm not sorry, that's not a sorry, that's a fake apology, um, maybe uh, you got the sarcastic sorry, where someone said sorry, you get <laughs> I think every teenager gave their parents one or two of those, and so um, I've gotten some of those sarcastic sorries, and you're not sorry. Or my daughter, uh, my youngest, uh, when when I ask her not to do something and she gets caught doing it, she immediately says, sorry, 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 three quick sorries, and that's like a triple sorry. But you know what I say? I say, you're not sorry. You're sorry you got caught. That's what you're sorry about, and and I know she's scared of timeout, and I have to explain to her, we didn't have timeout. We had knockout when I was a kid. It was different. (laughs) And then I quickly say to her, I'll give you something to be sorry about. No, I'm kidding. Who says that to a small child? I've said it before, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. But I, want, but I want to tell you something for this message. I believe there's some things that as we go into 2019, I want to give you some things that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart that, that is a message for the church and for, for our people in the culture we live in that we need to address before we exit 2018 and go into 2019. I want to tell you some truth this morning. So let me start out and just say, if you're going to hear truth anywhere, it should be in church, right? Can we be honest Can we be honest this morning and be truthful and just say, this morning, um, I want to apologize beforehand and just say, that's not why I named it this. I'm not really sorry. Sorry, not sorry for this message. I I named it, um, just let me apologize, because the word apologize um, has the same root word as the word apologetics, which is like a Christianese word. Um, And I need to explain to you that apologetics, the definition is reasoned arguments or writings in justification of something. So it's arguing for your faith pretty much or, or, or having arguments of why you believe what you believe and I think that's something that in the church we need desperately is to know what the truth is and why I profess to be a Christian because if we, it's important we understand the justification of why we believe what we believe so we can get on the same page and also so the enemy can't come trip us up over every lie that comes from the culture and tells us this is spirituality or this is who God is and that doesn't line up with the scripture and we know the scripture to be true. So I want to give you some apologetics this morning. So um, that's a little different for me, so if you have brought someone with you, just look at them real quick and say, it's never like this, I promise, it's never like this, okay? Um, John chapter 18, starting in verse 33, I want to read a, a couple passages of scripture. Uh, this is when Jesus had been arrested uh, by the, the Romans, and uh, being questioned by Pilate. It says, Pilate went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Jesus is gangster, right? I mean, come on. Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you've done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Verse 38, what is truth, retorted Pilate. Then I want to read one more passage of scripture from Matthew 16, starting in verse 13. And it said, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This morning I want to discuss the most important thing about you. And that's not uh, how much money you make or what you do for a living or how you treat people. It's not even which political party you align with. It is what do you think about this man, Jesus? The most important thing about you this morning is what will you do with Jesus? Because my fear is that the... The church has been following a trail of breadcrumbs left by the enemy, and we've gotten farther away from who God says he is or who he called us to be as the church. And I think it's sometimes we need to do a reset and a realignment with what God is saying and who we are and who Jesus is because the world has questioned what truth is. And we live in a land of make-believe where truth is based on a feeling and and that's what we see in 2018 in our culture is however i feel that's my truth that's what i feel like the truth is And so that has led us to an era where we have too much watered-down preaching. We have people-pleasing preachers. And i got to tell you, I don't think it's helping anybody to have watered-down preachers. I think part of the reason we don't have miracle signs and wonders like we should in the church is because no one wants to tell the truth, and no one wants to preach the truth. And we focused on the entertainment aspect of Western uh, culture, and, and no one it, it responds well to sound doctrine anymore. And so I think it's important that we do a reset because we're asking God to move and do amazing things in our city, but we're so afraid to tell the truth. But when you love someone, you're not afraid to tell them the truth. You know that? For instance, if you love me, you will tell me if I have food in my teeth, right? Right? I will not get home and look in the mirror and see food in my teeth. And we've been hanging out all day, and i got to call you and say, you saw that in my teeth. You do not love me. What are you doing? Why would you let me walk around like that all day? But no, I would receive it well in love if you told me the truth, because I know you love me. If you don't tell me, you don't love me. um, You'll tell me the truth even if it hurts. Does that make sense? And so the truth is important. And in our culture, when something is said that's offensive to your truth, you just pick up and go somewhere else where they will allow you to be you and live your truth. And that's not the picture I see of truth in the scripture at all. You see, what we do is we fit the word into our construct instead of fitting our life into the word. So now I've made the word what I'm comfortable with, and I fit it into my life, and I can take parts I like, and I can um, I can construct it into something that I agree with, but like I said, there's a moment you have to get to your own garden of Gethsemane and lay your life down and say, "Not my will, but your will be done jesus and that, and that's where truth comes in where you say, "Jesus, you are the truth, and and some of us we if we're honest with ourselves, we don't you don't want a savior, you want to be God, and you want." some help. So I want to be God. I want to live the way I want to be, but I want to get the help of the one who really is God. So I think I can manipulate and say, I believe my truth, but I also believe some of the Bible so I can get everything that, the, that God says he offers me, but I'm still God. And I don't, think that's, I don't think that's truth at all. And I think it's dangerous theology for us to go down that, world, word, that road. So I want to speak to you the truth of the word this morning. Do you know what truth is? Because I think the enemy picks off many people who profess to be believers because they don't know what it is. They don't know what the word says. They don't know what they believe or why. And you cannot survive off borrowed faith. You can't survive off my faith or Pastor Josh or Bobby D or your parents' faith. You can't survive off anyone else's faith. You have to purchase your own. Because in this day, it is getting more and more difficult to tell the real from the fake. We live in a day of plastic body parts and and, uh, travesties like Dr. Thunder. It's fake. It's not the real thing. Don't go down that road. You don't want it. But I'm telling you, it's become different in virtual reality. It's become this narrower line of what's real and what's fake. And I think it can creep its way into our faith. Some of you have seen this. Maybe when you're dating, you, you don't meet the real person you're dating until maybe like six months in. You know, you went on that first date. She ordered a salad. She's like, I'm not really hungry. I don't, I don't eat that much. And then six months later, you know she's getting the bur- like the double bacon cheeseburger because now you know the real her. Some of you, maybe you didn't even meet the real them till the morning you woke up. You, you thought you were Jacob when you woke up on your wedding night and you married Rachel, but you wake up next to Leah and you're like, what in the world? I met the real person this morning. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, But can I tell you, we are professional fakers in church. If there's anywhere that it's harder to tell the real apart from the fake, it's in church. And I've been faked out before by people who appeared to have everything together on the outside, but on the inside there were some serious flaws. You know why? Because we live in a microwave generation that can look hot on the outside, but still be frozen on the inside and not allowed God to change anything. And I think God is looking for some slow cooked disciples who will say God, I'll go through the process. Because can I tell you, if you're still frozen on the inside but you look hot on the outside and you get a platform, your immaturity will show through. But if you allow God to deal with the character things on the inside and cook you all the way through and then say God, wherever you want me, that's where I'll go. He will give you a platform and he will use your gifting and what he's put in you for his glory, not for your own. But we have too many people in this generation who want to Get a platform, but they haven't allowed God to change their character because they think that on the outside it's about how I look and it's fake. God cannot bless who you pretend to be in 2018, just like He couldn't bless who Jacob pretended to be when He pretended to be um, His brother. Actually, He did get a blessing. That's not a good example. But you get my point. Pastor Josh, can you come clean that up? Just kidding. In 2019, I think God is looking for some believers who are willing to go through some stuff. I feel like God told me he's looking for some good soldiers in 2019 that say, God, I will go through it as long as you go with me through it. He's looking for some good soldiers. Can I tell you that when you're a soldier, you don't really get to decide what you want to do? A good soldier follows orders and does what they're called to do. And that might mean that you'll end up on the front lines. And that's where Jesus found himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, right on the front lines and questioning, God, if there's any other way, take, let this cup pass from before me, but not my will, your will be done. And that's where we have to get. In. And I think we got to understand God may take us on the front lines. And sometimes you'll even get wounded by other soldiers who don't understand your assignment. Right, Bobby D.? That's Bobby D's life on the front lines. But we need to come out of the land of make-believe and get into the truth of God's word. But I want you to know this morning, make-believe may have told you that once you give your life to Jesus, everything's going to go just as you planned. You're going to wake up in the morning, there's going to be birds singing outside of your window. You're never going to have bad breath again. It's going to be awesome. When you accept Jesus. But can I tell you that is not uh, what the Bible tells us. Uh, Maybe Make Believe told you that you could have all of your desires if you just met Jesus. But I need you to know that is a twisting of that scripture. Because actually if you come into a relationship with Jesus, he's going to change your heart. So your desires match his desires. And then he's going to give you the desires of your heart because they are his desires as well. So I know you haven't won the lottery yet. But I'm just saying... That might not be God's desire for your life. Make-believe told you you could go on sinning because he loves you and you are in relationship with him. But can I tell you, Jesus, the scripture says that if you love him, you will follow his commands. That means the fruit of a relationship is holiness. So if you don't have holiness, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because it says without holiness, no one will see him. And so we got to ask ourselves, am I living the truth of the gospel or am I fitting into these This culture's version of truth, make-believe said, God will forgive me because he knows my heart. Can I tell you the scripture says your heart is desperately wicked? God does know your heart. But Jesus didn't say he'll forgive you because he knows your heart. Jesus said, repent and be baptized. And so without repentance, there's no remission of sin. And so we can't believe everything that the culture tells us, and, and but that's truth, and people don't like truth. You know why? Because you cannot manipulate truth. Truth means one person might be wrong, and one person might be right in this situation, and we don't like that. Brent, Pastor Brent, what about... You know, all the, there's, very, there's similarities in all these faiths. I don't, I don't know what you mean. You know, can't they be right and we... No, can I tell you there is a big difference and it's the cross of Jesus Christ. Without the cross of Jesus Christ, you got nothing going for you because you are in your sin. That's the truth of the gospel. That's the truth that Jesus came and died for us to have. That without the cross, that's a major detail. And without that truth in your life, then we're lost. But Pastor Brent, you're just quoting scripture and you need to know, Pastor Brent, I don't know if you know this, but the scripture was written by man. Like men wrote that down. And I understand that argument, and I want to tell you this morning that 25% of the scriptures that you read today, when they were written, were written prophetically about the future, meaning they had not happened yet, and now we see a fulfillment of most of those things, except for many end-time prophecies, but every single prophecy that was ever written has come true to the smallest detail in the Word of God. Man cannot predict the future to 100% accuracy. Only God can do that. God spoke through men and inspired men to write down the Word of God, but Pastor Brent, do you see what happened was, what had happened was, they took the scriptures after Jesus was born and they changed the Old Testament to match his life because they wanted to make him look, you see it's manipulation, Pastor Brent. That argument may have been better before the 1940s and the 1950s, before they found these things called the Dead Sea Scrolls. Have you heard of these things? And what they found was these these scrolls of Isaiah and all these Old Testament prophets and books that were hidden before Jesus was even born because their civilization came under attack and they had to hide away all their important scrolls because they didn't want to lose them. And in the 1940s and 1950s, they dug these things up. Can I tell you, every word and letter and punctuation in the Old Testament is the exact same thing you read today about the Messiah, about Him being born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, and Jesus is the one who came and fulfilled every scripture. He will fulfill His word because he sent it. You see, the Old Testament was a shadow, and the New Testament is the fulfillment through Jesus. It's 66 books written by 40 authors over 1,500 years, but there's a common thread if you read it that goes all the way through from beginning to end, and that is Jesus. The entire book is about Jesus. There's no books like it. Man could not have written it. It is inspired by God. It is the best-selling book of all time. It is truth. It is God's Word. So when I read this question from Pilate, where he asked Jesus, what is truth? I mean, it's in an era of moral relativism that we live in, we think truth is subjective, meaning your truth might be different than my truth. I need to tell you today before we leave that the three most dangerous words I've heard in 2018 is live your truth. Live your truth. Because what that's saying is truth is subjective for you, and and I need you to know this morning, this is not a sermon against free thought. This is not a sermon telling you you can't live your life. This is a sermon telling you you're free to do what you want to do, but you are not free of the consequences of what you do it's important that we understand the truth of the Word of God. But but Pastor Brent, what's true for me might not be true for you. My moral code might be different than your moral code. And where I take issue with that is when your moral code uh, affects my family and my kids. When your morals uh, affect my kids, you're going to see Jesus quicker than you should see Jesus. Can I just tell you that? Because the truth of what the gospel says is truth, not what you say, not what you feel like is okay. And truth is dying in our culture. So what is truth to you? Is truth Fox News? Or is that fake news? Is, is CNN your truth or is that fake news? Or is your truth Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who died for your sins? Why did you come here this morning? Is it because you were raised in church? Is it because it's what you do on Sunday before football? Maybe you came because you were scheduled to serve somewhere. Or did you come because Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King, uh, the creator of all things in heaven and on earth that came and died on a cross so you could have a relationship with him? Because that's the truth of the gospel and that's the motivation of those that love God. But if you believe that, why doesn't your life reflect it? If you believe it, what are we doing? How can we say we love him and our life doesn't reflect it? The scripture says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know what that means? You cannot say you love him and live your truth. You got to live his truth because he wrote it and it's his commands. And if you love him, you'll follow his commands. So you see, the scripture doesn't really fit into this moral relativism that we see in our culture today. And I think in 2019, if you're going to be a part of of this church and what God is doing, you need to understand what we believe. Maybe attendance will be lower next week. That's fine. God bless you. But I need you to know this is what the scripture says, and we need some clarification before we go into 2019. You cannot make the scripture fit your life and desires. You can't decide the parts of the Scripture that you think, the sins in Scripture that you think no longer matter to God. You can't do that. The Word stands the same yesterday, today, and forever. And my God wrote it, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Truth is an immovable concept. And so what is truth? Jesus came. And it said the Bible says he came and became flesh and dwelt among us. He's full of grace and truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is a person, and that person is Jesus. He's true north, and if you look to Him, you'll always know what the truth is. The Word of God won't lie to you, but the Scripture says that in the last days, even the elect will fall away from God, and they'll be deceived. And we see that even in today, where we see people changing the gospel in an attempt to reduce Scripture, to make it more believable or appealing to man. And that's not what the truth of the Word is. Is this too hard for you this morning? Some people say, I don't believe in God or eternity, but you ask those same people, where does the universe end? Is there a stop sign and they have no answer for you because eternity is written in our hearts. There's no other explanation for creation and what we see around us that even makes sense or reason. Some people will say, I don't believe in morality. And you know why they say this? is because if I don't believe in morality, then there's no right and wrong. Because if there's right and wrong, there could be a, a creator that's, that's ordaining those things and over those things. So I don't believe in morality, Pastor Brand. That's how I get out of that. But you lie to that same person and guess what happens? They get mad. They don't want to be lied to because they think there's a certain way that I should be treated. You know why? Because there's morality written in their heart that there is a right and there is a wrong because there's a creator in heaven who put that there, who wrote his word and his morals on their heart. Pastor Brent, I don't believe that everything came from something. I believe it came from nothing. Let me ask you this. If I asked you today, where did this building come from? And I said, before you answer, let me tell you, this building just showed up. No one built it. These bricks, they were just here. And those windows, that's pretty nice. The caulking in between, perfect, right? It just happened. You would say, no, that's silly, Pastor Brent. You know why? Because a building is evidence of a builder. If I showed you a painting this morning and said all this paint just fell on this page like this, isn't that amazing? There was a storm and boom. You would say, that's silly, Pastor Brent. Why? Because a painting is evidence of a painter. If we walked outside the church onto the farm where you saw the lemon tree, and, I, and on the ground next to the lemon tree there was lemons, a hundred lemons in the perfect shape of a an heart, and, and I said to you, those lemons just fell like that. Isn't that awesome? You would say, that's impossible, Pastor Brent, because there's order. And you can say those things, but we can look at creation and see the order in creation and say, there is no creator. How silly must we feel? Or are we running from the truth in our culture that says that God is over everything? I don't believe in creation, Brian. I think an explosion happened. I think two rocks, I think two atoms banged together. Can I tell you um, Sir Isaac's laws of motion? Let's have a little science lesson. Newton's first law states that every object will remain at rest or in uniform motion in a straight line unless compelled by ch- to change its state by the action of an external force. So if rocks are moving moving through space or atoms are moving through space, what put them into motion? Because we know nothing goes into motion unless there's a force that pushes it into motion. So even if I don't believe, even if I be- say I will concede to the big bang or I'll concede to whatever science science says that What creation came from I am still not answering the question of what started the universe and what put things into motion there's no other answer other than the creator science hasn't come up with another answer to that question they might say well we can create man now we can we can create man in a petri dish we can even take dirt and create man I heard a joke where uh these scientists were talking with God and they said that's nothing we can create man now no big deal And and God says, okay, well, let's see you try. So they reached down and they picked up some dirt. And then God said, whoa, whoa, get your own dirt. (laughs) Because literally we can do nothing other than orchestrate and build on what God has already created. But Pastor Brennan, here's the thing. I I, Maybe there's a creator, but how do we know Jesus? I don't even know if Jesus, did Jesus even really live? I don't believe Jesus was even a person. Can I tell you there is 11 historical documents other than scripture that talk about Jesus? There's only 10 that talk about Caesar Augustus, but we never have questions about him living. I'm telling you, there are historians that wrote about Jesus and the miracles he did and said that his followers believe he's the Messiah and he's doing miracles. Josephus and other historians of the time wrote about this man, Jesus. It's no longer really even. even an argument that he didn't live. We have all the evidence we need here, but okay, maybe he lived, Pastor Brent, but I just don't think he was God. I don't think Jesus was God. He was just a good man. He was just a prophet. And I don't. I have a problem with those things because he said, he declared himself to be God. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. So if I'm a prophet and I declare myself to be God, I am a false prophet, right? If I'm not God. If I'm a good man and I'm lying to you and saying I'm God, I'm no longer a good man. Now I'm a liar. C.S. Lewis put it this way. Jesus Christ was either a lunatic, a liar, or Lord. Because he walked around healing people and talking to people. And maybe he was, let's just say, maybe he was a lunatic who walked around mumbling madness. But but he was healing people and doing all these things. Or maybe he he was a liar and, and you couldn't believe a thing he said. But he was the greatest liar that ever lived. You know why? He was concerned with the poor, with the widows. He was healing those. He was going to people that everyone else rejected. What a nice liar he was. He was the greatest man that ever lived. But I need to tell you this morning, he was neither a lunatic. Or a liar. He was Lord and he declared himself to be so. Jesus is Lord. Okay, Pastor Brent, Jesus was God according to what you, you say, but did he say that? Did he even declare himself to be God, Pastor Brent? Because he was always talking in parables, you know, and, and saying things like, a man uh, had 99 sheep, but he lost one, and I, he had 99 problems, but a sheep ain't one. And he, and he said all these things, but did he ever actually say, I am God? Well, that's a great question. Um, I want to, I want to, Ask you, have you heard of the seven I am statements that Jesus made? He said, I am the good shepherd, I am the bread of life, I am the resurrection and the life. And to us, this is like, okay, he said he was those things. That doesn't mean he was God, but you got to understand the context that the Jews were living in where they understood the Old Testament. And when God spoke uh, to Moses at the burning bush, and he said, Who should I say sent me to Pharaoh? God said, Tell him I am sent you. So when Jesus said, I am, and you take it back to the Greek. What is actually Jesus said is, I am, I am the bread of life. And so that's why maybe you're questioning that. Maybe they didn't understand all that, but they picked up stones, the Bible says. The Jews picked up stones to kill him when he said these things. You know why? Because they knew he was declaring himself to be God. They arrested him and eventually had him crucified for declaring himself to be God. Jesus declared himself to be God. Not only that, he received worship. We don't see anyone else in Scripture when Paul was worshipped by people. He said, Get up, I'm not God, I'm a man just like you. Jesus willingly received worship from his disciples and different people that bowed before him. One of his disciples, Thomas, at one point gets up, falls to his knees, and says, My Lord, my God. Jesus doesn't correct him. You know why? Because Jesus was God. Um, He forgave sins. No one can forgive sins but God. Guess what? Jesus was God. Um, The Bible tells us in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus is the walking, talking Word of God. And the Bible declares Himself to be God. Even Isaiah in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, he was prophesying about the coming Messiah, and he said they will call Him everlasting God. Jesus is God, and he declared himself to be so, okay, if you say so, Pastor Brent, but I don't even think, are you okay, am I going too much, should we stop, are you done yet, I don't even think Jesus was resurrected, okay, he just, what, you know what happened, Pastor Brent, I bet, some, I bet he like was almost dead, and they like put him in the, in the grave for three days, and then he came out. And so he wasn't dead. So you're telling me that Jesus Christ was beaten with a cat of nine-tails, one stroke less of what they said would kill a man. And then he was he was hung on a cross with blood gushing from his hands and his feet. They put a crown of thorns on him. And then they stabbed him in the side with water, and blood came rushing out, which means that his heart was punctured because there's a disease when your body is low on blood, that your heart will actually fill with water. And so all of his blood ran out of his body. He was dead. But you're telling me so he was almost dead all this happened they put him in a tomb three days later he got out somehow and convinced all his disciples and all these other people that he was better than when he went in without food and water for three days this man came out better No, that doesn't really make sense, does it? Jesus was resurrected. You know how I know? His disciples went to death declaring he is risen. And if we had made up this hoax and lied about it, there would have come a time where I had a gun to my head and they said, tell us the truth. Jesus isn't God. If Jesus isn't God, I'd be like, okay. Guys, it was a joke, all right? We like wanted to start a religion, you know what I mean? There's money in religion, okay? Like, but he, they didn't. They said, Jesus is Lord. Go ahead and burn me at the stake. You know what Peter said? He said, don't even hang me on a cross like my Savior. Hang me upside down, because I'm not worthy to be hung like my Savior. Because they believed Jesus was God, and they wrote about Him, and they testified about Him. And history records their death, where not even the Scriptures, history records their death. They went to death, declaring. Jesus to be Lord. Not only that, Jesus was seen by his disciples multiple times after being risen. Um, And then, okay, that's his disciples, Brent. They would lie. There's another time Jesus was seen by 500 people at the same time. Pastor Brandt, they were hallucinating, okay? They were, they were like, they had some bad food and no. you know what? That's an amazing thing that actually, they've actually brought up this argument and psychologists and scientists have said it's impossible for 500 people to have the same hallucination at the same time. Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. And you know what the greatest evidence is of this? If he's the most influential person of all time, if, if there's been more books written about Jesus than anyone else in history, the Bible is the best-selling book of all time, then where is Jesus buried tell you what you can go to every other gravesite of every other religious leader that's ever lived you can go to Muhammad's grave I can go to Buddha's grave I can go to Harry Krishna's grave but I can go to Israel and try and find Jesus grave and you know what they say We don't really know. This is our best guess. He might have been here, but you go in there, and guess what? He's not there. If he was the most influential man of all time, you would think we would know where his body is. But he is risen, and he's alive, and he's here in this room today. He's the centerpiece of all of human history. Our very calendar is based on him. We are in the year of 2018 A.D., which means Anno Domini, the year of the Lord, because it's based on his birth. Everything we see is centered around Jesus and his life and his birth the bible tells us who this jesus is he was the most polarizing still is the most polarizing figure in history people love him people hate him jesus is is alive and in this land of relative truth i need you to ask yourself is jesus real Is Jesus real to you in 2018? And is he going to be in 2019? Because if he is, why are you so silent? If Jesus is risen and alive, we are in this culture of entertainment where we can come to church for an hour and sit here and feel good about ourselves, and He's helping my day to day life, and I'm not depressed anymore, and I'm free, and that's it. But I'm telling you, if Jesus is alive, how can we not live a life like the disciples and say, You cannot close my mouth about it? I'll go to the death if I have to. But Jesus is risen, and it's not just for me, it's for you too. How can the church be silent? Pastor Brent, why Jesus? Why not Buddhism or, or why not Islam or, or why not all these other things? What's the difference? Can I tell you the difference? The difference is the word of God. The difference is the scripture. You can, you can study the historical nature of scripture. You can study its figures and see that they lived and that they were who they said they were. It is throughout history, people have been trying to talk it down and, dis, and disavow it and make it look like it's not true and tear it apart. But every time, they just find more evidence that the people, the Bible says, lived and were king and died. And the things they did, we just find out it is the way the Bible said it was. You can study it. You can learn about the biblical prophecy that is 100% accurate to the smallest detail. But wait, there's more. You know what the best part is? You can have a personal relationship with the God who wrote the book. He sent his son Jesus that you can experience him. I don't just need evidence because guess what? I know him. I've met him. I talk to him and I live my life for him. And I, I have more evidence than I need. I'm never again at the... At the mercy of an argument because I have a personal relationship with Jesus. But you know what that means? That means you need to study Scripture because this gives you a knowledge of the truth. Studying the Word of God, you won't recognize the lie if you don't know the truth. You need to, one writer wrote, eat this Word. Eat the Word of God. You need to digest it. Some of you, you come to Sunday on Sunday and you get a little breadcrumb and you go home the rest of the week and you expect to stay full the rest of the week off a of breadcrumb you got from my mouth on a Sunday morning. How many times a week do you eat food? Once a week on Sunday, I doubt it. I bet you're constantly feeding because you're hungry and you know you need it. Can I tell you, your spirit needs the truth of the word of God. You need to start eating it and filling your life with it every single day because there's a craving for it. Because if you are not eating the word, I'm telling you, you are eating something. And the enemy is also leaving breadcrumbs for you to walk away from what the truth of the word of God says. Some of you get so far away down a trail that you are living out the enemy's vision for your life. But God has a vision for your life, if you'll start eating the Word of God and following those breadcrumbs, you can walk out everything He created you to walk out, but you got to live it and you got to eat it. Because it's the Word of God. Is this alright for 2018? (laughs) Maybe this is like a 1960 word. Maybe I'm in the wrong generation. But the question is, is this real? If it is, your beliefs are not up for debate. If you've experienced it, Pastor Brent, you really believe Jesus was born of a virgin? Come on. You really believe? You believe that God created Adam and Eve, and then we came. came and what about the two uh, creations in Scripture it talks about? past And we have all these arguments, and we talk about all of these different things. But if it's, is it real to you? And if it is, you know what you can say? It's why it calls, it's called faith. I don't have to understand every single thing about it. If I was supposed to understand more about it, God would have told me more about it. But what I see in the scripture, I know is from God, and that the person with an experience is never at the mercy of an argument. Can I get the worship team to come back up and help me? I need you to know this morning, this is the truth of what God's word says, but Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. That doesn't mean that he was 50% grace and 50% gr- truth. Jesus was 100% grace, 100% truth. And we need to find that balance in the church because I think we've, we've erred on the side of grace and ended up softening the truth. And I think, or we can err on the side of truth and then we become legalistic and, we've, and we harden on grace. Grace. But I need you to know this morning, whether you believe everything I've said this morning or not, this is a place for you to belong. You're welcome here. I'm glad you're here. You don't have to be like me or us to belong here. This is a family. This is a house where you can have questions, you can have unbelief, and you can come and say, I don't know all the answers, because guess what? Every single person in here, you have areas of unbelief. If you didn't, you would never worry. Come on. Because you know what worry is? It's the opposite of your faith, right? But I deal with that. I have areas of unbelief in my life. When I go through things, all of a sudden it strikes me, do I believe what God said or do I believe what the doctor said? Because we have areas of unbelief. There's a story in the scripture where this father has a son and he has this evil spirit in him and it's a deaf and mute spirit. And Jesus says, "Um, do you believe that I can heal him? And, And he says, Jesus, I believe Help my unbelief. And I think we all deal with that same thing where we have areas of belief and areas of unbelief. And I think we get caught up in the facts and forget the truth. Meaning, facts say, Jesus, Lazarus has been dead four days, but you know what the truth said? The truth said, He's only sleeping. And I don't know what the doctor said about the facts of what he saw on that scan or or what's going on in your life or or maybe some mental issues you're having. I don't know what the facts say, but I know what the truth said. And he speaks a better word over your future and your life. I don't know what, what the facts said about all your failures and 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 everything that all the mistakes that you've made but i need you to know you're not a screw up the the word the truth speaks a better word over you jesus speaks a better word over you i know you've heard the t- the facts but i want to ask you this morning do you know the truth his name is jesus and he has he speaks a better word over you and if you're wondering what is all this about and why why so much shouting and passion about it, i'm telling you because i'm not the same person i used to be since i met jesus and you need to know you're Life will change at the moment you say, Jesus, I want to live my life for you. And you submit yourself to the truth of God's word. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray every person in this place, God. This morning, I believe your Holy Spirit has been speaking, Jesus. I believe this is a word from you, God, and I believe you've been speaking directly into people's hearts, God, who are desperate for life change, and they've been looking and following breadcrumbs for everything else, or whatever that is, and, and substances, and, and different relationships. They've been trying to get filled up and find purpose and meaning for their life, but they just find themselves more empty. But this morning, I just believe in this house that the truth has come, that you are here, Jesus, to fill every void, that you're the living water, that whoever drinks, drinks of you will never thirst again, and I just believe this morning lives are going to be changed in Jesus' name. If that's you and you want to surrender your life to Jesus this morning and say, I submit my life to the truth. I want to see what this is all about. I still have questions, but I want to know Jesus. No one looking around, every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to shoot your hand up right now and say, Jesus, I want more of you. I want to know the truth. I want to live it out. God, I see these hands. Every person in this room, Jesus, we submit to the truth of your word, Lord. We submit to your grace. Father, that you didn't come to condemn the world, you came to save the world, Jesus. That all this is just leading us to a place where we can say, Jesus came because He loves us, and He knew we couldn't live up to the standard of the law, and we would fall short, and we would rebel against God, and we'd make mistakes, Jesus. But you came so that we could have a relationship with you, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray for every person with their hand raised right now in their heart. I believe they're praying a prayer to you that's bringing life change in Jesus' name, Father. You said that if we would repent, you would turn from our sins, that we would be in new relationship with you, that all things would become new. This morning, I thank you for this miracle that's taking place at the end of 2018, and in 2019, there's going to be supernatural growth as we dig into your word. We're not going to eat what the culture says any longer. If it disagrees with your word, I'm going to cast it aside and eat the meal that you set before me so graciously, God. I want to want to neglect it, Lord Jesus, that you've sent us the truth. You sent us the Word of God to lead and guide our lives, Father, and we submit ourselves to it this morning in Jesus' name. Will you stand up to your feet with me this morning? We're going to worship Him for a couple minutes, and I want to ask you this morning, if if you just prayed that prayer and you received the grace of God that you are now in right relationship with Jesus, I want to pray with you at the altar before you leave this morning. If you're here and the Holy Spirit's been convicting you or dealing with you on anything else we've talked about, and there's something that you need to submit yourself to this morning. Or maybe this morning you've heard some facts from a doctor or from some other people. Or maybe the enemy's been telling you his fact sheet, but you want to hear the truth from God this morning. I want to have my prayer teams come up and I want to ask them to pray for you. And I believe God is going to speak to you as they pray. I believe God is going to help you to cast aside every fact and say what God says. We're waiting on his report in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship him.